Welcome everyone to the Q4 Podcast, your favorite podcast hosted sporadically on evenings throughout various months of the year by three people with no knowledge about the subject matter they're about to dive into. Uh, hey, hey, I resent that. I did minimal amounts of research for this episode, so I know nominal amounts. Most of, of my research to done about. for today was uh, me being sad <laughs> on the couch and watching stats come up on the screen about how bad every team I like is. Uh, but so actually, Noah, what I, lead off. What I want to what I want to start with is somewhat related to that. I want to start the show with a caveated apology uh, to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Uh, I I want to apologize for uh, comparing his performance this season to Kirk Cousins, or not Kirk Cousins, uh, to Kirk Cousins' performance to Carson Wentz's performance this yes. season. Carson Wentz is just dealing with some garbage right now, obviously getting benched for Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts able to, to win a game against the Saints with that Eagles team. There's just something not right with, with Carson Wentz. I still stand by some of the things where I still think Carson Wentz can be a good quarterback. He just needs to get out of Philadelphia and... Uh, uh, go somewhere else where he can get a fresh start. Uh, I say it's caveated because I still don't think Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. I think he played really well and has played really well over the last few months. Um, But just watching the Vikings game against the Buccaneers on Sunday, this was, mind you, the first Vikings game I've actually been able to watch live since October. (laughs) Uh, because, you know, the way broadcasting stuff, we, we've talked about this before on the show, just about how stupid and, and dumb the NFL's broadcasting rights and uh, TV deals and everything oh. are. Um, but, you know, just watching the game, when the Vikings were doing really well, it was very structured. It was always Dalvin Cook <laughs> making people miss and doing what he does. And then a lot of heavily scripted play action passes where Kirk Cousins doesn't really have to do a whole lot of, of reading and making plays himself. He he ran really well. There were a couple of nice plays he made where he he pulled the ball down, uh, got out of the pocket, made the right read, and just ran and, and picked up six to eight to ten yards. Uh, and so for that first drive when the Vikings were leading, he looked good. But then the two penalties happened. The Vikings fall tragically behind, and Kirk Cousins can't pull them out. Now, granted, I will say that that was a full team tailspin like they Vikings just got in their own head uh Dan Bailey was making everybody in Minnesota super sad um but usually you you'd rely on your quarterback to kind of pull you out of that and Kirk Cousins is not that guy Kirk Cousins is not the kind of person who can pull single-handedly pull a team out of a tailspin and get them back on the right track he needs things to go very well start to finish and we've seen what happens I mean the Vikings are five and two over the last seven weeks for a reason. It's just not entirely because of Kirk Cousins. It's so, because of the circumstances <clears throat> which the Vikings have seen. So I need, I have to say a couple things. First of all, I don't know that anyone here has made the claim that Kirk Cousins is a great top tier upper echelon quarterback. We have said he is a good quarterback. We have said he is a good quarterback that I would put in the top half of quarterbacks in the league. That is what I'm we have said. Sure I, heard, I may have buffed I heard, him up I heard, a little bit. I, yeah, I, I heard a couple of greats last week. I, I, I heard heard some, some high praises for Kirk Cousins. No, there's high praise for Kirk Cousins. I am not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. I am not comparing him to Tom Brady. I'm not saying he is one of the greatest quarterbacks to have ever played the game. 
But we also need to understand that those quarterbacks don't come around very often. And that sometimes, <clears throat> read most of the time, if a quarterback can play well when things are right, they're going to be a good quarterback. We can make the same argument that for most of his career, he was faced with this exact criticism. Tom Brady, oh, he's a system quarterback. He never has to make plays. Well, if the system works, does he need to make yeah, plays? But but it's unfairly levied against Tom Brady because Tom Brady just objectively is one of the greatest quarterbacks of yes. all time. And I wasn't trying to compare Kirk Cousins to that tier. I'm just saying he's probably a tier below the tier below that level. I mean, maybe mid-tier quarterback. He, he is a serviceable starter when things are going right. And just based off of the last few weeks, um, and perhaps I've, I'm focused more on Anthony's comments, uh, y'all were saying he was a little bit higher than that. And I think... Obviously, Vikings are doing well. Vikings have always been a, a, a strong defensive focused running first team. I mean, even going back to, you know, the Brett Favre days, uh, it helped having Brett Favre. But, you know, it was that team was the defense and Adrian Peterson. Uh, so that, that's just the Vikings identity. Um, and I think that got exposed because the defense isn't quite what it was. And Dalvin Cook can't single handedly carry this team. So, and no, I. I I was never trying to compare Kirk Cousins to that top level quarterbacks. I'm just saying maybe he's not even on the tier below them. It's it's tough. Kirk is confusing. Like he at his time in Washington, he would have some of those games where he would just like he'd throw for 500 yards and four touchdowns. There's and and those weren't all the time because he had to always do that because he always had to play from behind and I don't think Kirk like Kirk Cousins isn't I'm not confident that Kirk Cousins is going to go win the game for us. You know what I mean? Like there's a minute and a half left. We have one timeout. We got the ball at the 25. We have to march down the field and score a touchdown like that. He doesn't make me confident that he's going to go win the game. I, I feel like he he wins the game in that scenario as often as he loses it. Like he's been really really good in the fourth quarter over the last couple weeks um like one of the highest passer ratings uh he's got tons and tons of completions and he hasn't made those game losing mistakes but that's one thing and comparing that to okay you're down by 17 or whatever it is now throw us back into the game that that's just out of kirk's realm like that that's above what you should be asking for Kirk Cousins, you know? And and I think he's like, there's, I, he's, he's a really solid B quarterback to me. Like he's not, he's not anything special. I, I feel like he's on that tier right below. Well, I guess it depends on how you're breaking up the tiers, but he's, he's like a B quarterback to me. He's, he's not going to go throw you back from 17 down, but he's also not going to completely single-handedly lose the game. There's going to be other things that, come into it as well there's instead of maybe doing a tier system maybe a, a spectrum would help a little bit better so like on one end of the spectrum you have the patrick Mahomeses of the world where i was talking to uh, one of our sports reporters uh yesterday uh at work and he made the comment it's like yeah i don't care if the chiefs are down by 21 with 12 seconds i am not counting patrick mahomes out for of that sure game. if there is a, if there's any quarterback who can find a way to score three touchdowns in 12 seconds it's patrick mahomes. <laughs> there's that level and then on the other side is 
any quarterback the Dallas Cowboys throughout the season not named Dak Prescott. <laughs> um, the quarterbacks who, no matter what, you know, you just know that as soon as they drop back, they are either A, going to get sacked for a major loss, B, just forget what a football is, uh, <laughs> drop it and run away as the other team picks it up and returns it for a score, or just decides that he doesn't want to die, which is fair, uh, and will throw it 15 yards in the air where no one can catch it. On that spectrum, I would say Kirk Cousins is definitely closer to the Patrick Mahomes side than the other side, just because he is a competent quarterback. But I think a lot of people don't have confidence in him to be able to lead those kinds of drives who you know no matter what he's got that ice in his the ice in his veins he can lead a team down the field stay cool stay calm stay collected uh and lead his team back single-handedly and to be fair there are not very many quarterbacks who can do that and those who are who have been most likely end up in the hall of fame i was i was but this there seems to be in the football world not just about quarterbacks but kind of about every player this idea that if a, a player is not in the top three all time, then they're not worth our time to talk about, think about, or say that they are any good whatsoever. And it's weird to me. Or, like Kirk Cousins or, getting it, sacked when it's second and 14 after a first down run for a loss is not necessarily only his fault, right? Yeah. Or it's it's the same that you get with the, you know, the greatest of all time debates, you know, people who get up in arms about whether or not Michael Jordan or LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time or whether Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or Joe Montana or whoever it is is the greatest quarterback of all time. In the end, you're never going to definitively, objectively prove that. And instead of spending your time just like hating on someone because he's not your quarterback, you know, if you're if you're a Tom Brady fan hating on Peyton Manning or if you're a, uh, a LeBron James fan hating on Michael Jordan, just sit back and enjoy the greatness. Enjoy yeah. both of these players playing. And to that extent, yes, Kirk Cousins, he will never be Peyton Manning. He will never be Tom Brady, never be any of the Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I mean, Kirk Cousins, unless he pulls something out of his butt in the last few years of his career and just goes on an insane run. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. No. But that doesn't take away anything from his career. I mean, he has been in the league for 10 years for a reason, and he is a good, solid quarterback. And that's a lot more than a lot of other teams can say at this point, that they they don't have that right now. No, your tone has shifted in a completely different direction because you spent the first 35 uh, not 35, 75% of this conversation saying that Kirk Cousins was rated too highly and too overrated, and you have finished it by I saying say, that Kirk Cousins is good? I'm I'm not saying that he is good. You I'm just said he he's good. Wait, I'm I, confused now. I, I, you just I, said the words <laughs> Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Now, let, let, let me finish. I did let you I'm finish. Not, I'm, not, I'm not saying, I'm not, I love it. I'm not saying, I'm saying he is good enough. And that is more than a lot of other teams can say about their quarterbacks. Okay, I still if, a, think, if a quarterback is uh, in the top top seventy, if if Kirk Cousins is better than seventy five percent, or even most, if he's better than fifty one percent of the quarterbacks in the league, wouldn't you say that classifies him then as a good quarterback? Just not necessarily because if the if 
if the 16 quarterbacks below him are just booty, then being better than booty doesn't make you automatically good. It just makes you slightly less booty. What else but, do you have to rank him on? Is that ever going to happen either? <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just tired at this point, guys. I'm sorry. But the, no, I think... I, I think there just needs to be a balancing of the the I guess discussion around Kirk Cousins that's been going going on because there are some people who are just like who would go die for Kirk Cousins right now uh, and say oh yeah he he's the best we've got and he's he's playing out of his mind and he's great and he deserves to be in the MVP conversation uh, and then there are others who say he's he's garbage and mm, neither of those are true I mean he is he's serviceable he's decent he's good enough. So that was is, a really would, passionate and long argument for to come away saying <laughs> he's okay, I guess. Do you, would you put him is good enough above good but below great? Or is it mm. equal with good? It depends on the circumstance. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> I, I just like when – so, TJ, I know you're going to talk, but I just got to tell a quick story. So, last night I, I gave my first lift ride ever like I, I became a lift driver to try to make oh, some, a lift some extra oh, money that's, that's awesome right? yeah so I was, I was excited and the first please don't die don't, yeah, don't get thank you i'll try not to um so i i pick up this person and <laughs> and she was she was just getting off work and she was talking about uh the vikings game and i was like oh okay this would be good we can we can talk about this and so we're talking and she's like you know, ah, oh, damn, Bailey, he's terrible. He's missing. I'm like, yeah, you know, he's had a bad, had a bad week. You know, two bad weeks in a row. And then, and then she goes, Delvin Cook's really good. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, well, Mike Zimmer hangs on to kickers for too long. And I was like, mm, okay, well, wait a second, because I'm pretty sure there's no one in the world that hates the kicking position more than Michael Zimmer. Like, I don't think there's anyone who despises kickers more than him. So, so at this point I'm kind of like, ah, okay, well, yeah, sure. And then she goes, and it, this, it was like a seven minute ride and it felt like a flipping eternity because she is just <laughs> testing my ability to, to hold small talk and polite conversation because she goes, yeah, Kirk Cousins, He's terrible. We need to get rid of him. And I'm just like, okay, I'm. This is not where I wanted this to go because yeah. I I need to just hold my tongue with with her just bad mouthing my guy who's lit. Like, <laughs> was yesterday Kirk Cousins' fault? Heck no. Are you kidding? Like, you can't just blame an entire game on one person unless it's Dan Bailey in that scenario. But yeah. other than that, like. She's like, oh, my God, he's been terrible all year. He can't even throw the ball. And I'm like, okay, well, you're not really thinking here. You're just being emotional, and you're saying that we lost today, and it's all Kirk Cousins' fault. So I, I'm really proud of myself because I held my tongue, and I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, he's struggling. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, but I, in the inside, I'm just like, you have no idea what you're talking about. And I am getting mad because you're trash-talking my guy right now. It'd be really funny if she was one of the few listeners to this podcast. I was going to say, I <laughs> hope she is. I hope she is because she was wrong. And I wanted to say she was wrong, but I also wanted her to leave a tip. So I did not tell her she was wrong. And you see, I think that was overall the point I was trying to make. I think quarterbacks in this league uh, are too closely uh, valued with their overall team performance. And in some ways, fairly so, just because 
uh, more often than not, if you've got a good quarterback, it usually correlates uh, to a good football team. Although there are exceptions, i.e. the Detroit Lions. Um, (laughs) But poor Lions. Yeah. But just looking, you can't blame that loss solely on Kirk Cousins. I mean, that was just a a lapse. Those two penalties in the second quarter just absolutely killed the Vikings momentum. Their defense kind of collapsed. So Kirk Cousins doesn't deserve the blame, all of the blame there. Just at the same time, over their five and one stretch, he doesn't deserve all of the credit. And really, I think not not a whole lot of it. A lot of that goes to Mike Zimmer, Dalvin Cook and our boy C.J. Ham, because, you know, C.J. Ham, as T.J. said, I think in a tweet, uh, is just the greatest athlete of all time. Yeah, I mean, 100 percent best Best boy. <laughs> can, I, can I just really quickly about CJ Ham too to to continue on the praise train that we're going on? He he came and spoke to our high school, not like the one I teach at, and he was like it was a pep fest, and he just came out. And he's like, hey, what's up? Like I just moved to the city. Like you know, just wanted to say what's up. Like I'm I'll be signing stuff after whatever. And so we had a half court contest after that, and they're just like, mm-hmm. oh CJ, you want to shoot one? He's like, sure drains the first shot just of course it was perfect and i was just like wow (laughs) this guy's something special he's he's something special that's for sure i i know that the pro bowl is not going to happen this year i mean obviously they're getting voted but they're not going to hold the actual pro bowl but we need to get that man to the pro bowl we need to get him to the all pro team we need to get him to to whatever the step above that is i mean if we can get him in the hall of fame he deserves (laughs) to be there cj ham is the greatest athlete of all time (laughs) Yeah, all, all, and that's not just like modern sports. I mean, we're talking about the history of humanity. The Greek Olympics back in the day, like yeah. Oh, CJ Ham would have crushed. Oh yeah, absolutely crushed. <laughs> so that, in in summation, is my argument. See, forget all the stuff I said about Kirk Cousins. CJ Ham <laughs> is the MVP. That's of this the team. one you want to you want to live and die on, right there. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was can, a, that was a wild twenty minutes. <laughs> that was was it really 20 minutes yeah i'm not so really sure what we wow. ended up on because I, I don't know that a solid argument was made <laughs> at no, any we, point we, 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 except we for that cj ham is the greatest athlete of all time yeah <laughs> what, what we ended up with was calm down about kirk cousins and cj ham is the ghost okay i do want to respond to some calm down about kirk cousins actually i want to talk about that for a moment please um <clears throat> so so yes yeah dalvin cook He's been incredible. He's been amazing this season, and I love him. I, Dalvin Cook, if you're listening, please come on the podcast. We think you are incredible. You are amazing, and you deserve to be the NFL MVP, the Offensive Player of the Year, and you deserve to win five Super Bowls. However, I also think Kirk Cousins has been playing better than average this season, and definitely has something to do with the success of this offense. When you consider that Justin Jefferson is the first wide receiver uh, since Randy Moss to have a season like this as a rookie, Kirk Cousins is 19th overall in pass attempts this season. Bottom half in pass attempts. But he is 8th in passing touchdowns. And tied for 3rd in the number of interceptions. That's that's tied for third in a good way, by the way. Okay, not, not tied for third. 
Uh, actually, I'm not sure. That might be tied for third in a bad way. That might be no, a stat. No, way. No, they, no, it's not. Um, essentially, Kirk Cousins does not get all the credit for this offense. I understand that. But you cannot fault a quarterback for running in a system where they succeed. That no, is my no, argument. Of course not. Okay. No, of course. And I'm not trying to say that. I'm just, if you look, there's a three-week stretch uh, in the early November when they played the Packers, the Lions, and the Bears. All three wins, all great games. In none of those games did Kirk Cousins throw for over 300 yards. Against the Packers, arguably the best win of the season, he threw for 160 yards and one touchdown, which shows that Kirk Cousins at his best is someone who can lean on the run game and rely on play action. And when it works, it works tremendously well. But when Kirk Cousins is forced to go out and play like a a top-tier quarterback, I mean, you look at the end of that stretch against the Cowboys is the first time he he eclipsed 300 yards and three touchdowns uh, in all of November. Uh, And it just... Talk about whatever you want to. He played well. It was a close game, but they still ended up losing to the Cowboys. So I'm just saying, like, all of the all of this to say, it's, I feel very roundabout in saying this. Uh, it's not all Kirk Cousins' fault, both positive and negative. It I just, Kirk Cousins is who Kirk Cousins is. And I think that's why we need to calm down about Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's he is Kirk Cousins, and he's fun. He's exciting. Um, he's, he's our guy. Um, but that's it. Can I add something in a really quick uh, little stat check while you were talking there? Uh, that is yes. That is third in a bad way. Yeah, that's okay. what I was afraid of. Uh, I just said third, and I was like, I have no context for this stat. I just hope it gets good. Yeah, but to be uh, fair, he is uh, he is also th- uh, no, he's not. He is eighth in passer rating for the year. So you know. Looking at his season stats up to this point, uh, 3,300 yards, 27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 67.5% completion rating, and a 102 quarterback rating. That's that's pretty good. I mean, that's exactly. It's it's it's, it's, bet, it's better than pretty good. It's good enough. Actually, I don't know if it is good enough because right now we're six and seven and kind of out of the playoffs. Right out of the playoffs. Okay, okay. I want to talk about that now. I want to. I want to talk about this Tampa Bay game. Okay, I want to go deep in. Um, there are five plays. Five plays. Okay, five plays that brought about a sixteen-point differential in this game. Three missed field goals, a missed extra point, and the first pass interference called on a Hail Mary pass since the year of 2009. The first one. That was absurd. That was ridiculous. That ball wasn't even catchable. Like... That was and Gronk is like eight foot four, seven hundred pounds. How are you not supposed to have some sort of contact with him? That was dumb. With those four plays, the Vikings are within a score. Now, 
I get it's a team game. And this is another thing about the Kirk Cousins debate that confuses me. And is that football is a team game. Well, he can't carry the 21 other players in the team. Well, he can't. He is one guy. His legs are too wobbly for that. <laughs> Obviously. Come on. Come on. Uh, it's a team game. And, and okay. I like Dan Bailey. I don't like gunning for people when they're playing badly. But come on, man! I mean, that is that is 10 points directly attributed to Dan Bailey that the Vikings That's, that we're, and, we're in that. And that we're, that, Trent Cousins has the ball in his hand in the fourth quarter with a winnable drive ahead of him that he can score and win the game if Dan Bailey makes those. And that's that, like, oftentimes, you know, particularly if you listen to kickers and punters talk when you see a kicker mess up often a lot of times it's not their fault it's either you know a bad snap or a bad hold or weather conditions or whatever it might be and they it just gets blamed on the kicker because you know it's the kicker and they're the one who are you know they're they're kicking the ball that's the name kicker um but in that game that was just i don't know if dan bailey's got the yips or or what happened but those were just awful kicks and they were so bad that's no that's exactly what i thought too is like when he hit so he missed the what was the order he missed extra point and then yeah then three field goals all three right yeah so three consecutive field goals and the first one was like a 38 or something yarder yeah right he just shanked that one like that that's the thing i mean it, it brings up the the flashbacks the sweaty nightmare flashbacks of of blair walsh it's it's not the fact that he missed it that makes it so bad. It's that if you moved the field goal post over, like, three lengths, it might still not go in. Like, he was not even close. And then he got up to the 50-yarder, and it was just like, oh, my God, just get it over. Just just pray to God the Buccaneers don't score here. Like, it, like he, there was no way that ball was going in. And you can just tell. It, like, kicking is such a mental part so much more so than any other position in football and when you just don't have it going you cannot find it like i i felt bad for him for sure because that sucks and then when your coach is like well it's fourth and 35 but we're on the two yard line probably shouldn't kick a field goal because you can't hit the broad side of a barn then it's like well that doesn't do any good for your confidence either so i feel bad for him but at the same time it's like that's what happens in this league if you can't do your job then well and and it's not like it was just this week too i mean dating back to the jaguars game last week dan bailey has missed seven kicks in the last two games tough two weeks and and, and when you are paid millions of dollars to do one thing and that's kick the ball through the uprights you can't miss you especially can't miss that much now if you miss you know one field goal from 55 yards yeah Sure, you, you got to pass on that one. That one's uh, that's a tough shot to make. But missing three field goals, all of which, if I remember correctly, all of which were under fifty yards, plus missing the PAT and missing what another was it another two PATs last week. Yeah, I think that's it was just two and a field goal last week or something like that. And then yeah, I think one of them was like fifty-one this week to be to be exactly fair okay. to Mr. Bailey. Right. But I'm forty-nine, fifty-one. It could have been. 15 yards at that point he was not even freaking close yeah. so yeah still when, just missing seven kicks in two weeks and i am the biggest dan bailey apologist you will ever find yeah. i love me some dan bailey but that is unacceptable when i was young and stupid 
I did not believe in sports curses. Didn't think they were a thing. Because when I looked at sports curses and I thought, how, how would a group of people who had no association with another group of people have the same problem? How would that happen? And then I watched the Minnesota Twins bungle the playoffs year after year after year. Completely different teams, completely different people. And then I started to think they were cursed. That the Twins organization in and of itself was a curse brought upon those people who wore the baby blue jerseys and called themselves the Minnesota Twins. And I also <laughs> firmly believe that the state of Minnesota has placed a curse upon anyone who is a kicker for the state of Minnesota. That we have, in the last 20 years, okay, we'll go a little more than 20 years, so we can throw uh, Mr. Anderson in this as well. <laughs> we have the Blair Walsh incident, uh, the Daniel Carlson incident, and now we have ruined one of the most accurate kickers in the history of the game. Oh. When he signed with the Vikings, he was the most accurate kicker in league history. What happens here? How does this happen? How? Because how? I remember Daniel Carlson coming to Minnesota. Setting the NCAA record for most accurate kicker comes to Minnesota. Can't hit anything inside the stadium. The ball is finding its way through the door and outside before it touches anything else. <laughs> and he was let go. Signed with the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders. He has been AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, what, three weeks this year? Because he's the most accurate kicker there? Because he's really freaking good? And we signed Dan Bailey to replace Daniel Carlson because we're like, hey, at least this guy's been accurate in the league. Maybe Daniel Carlson doesn't know how to play in the NFL. Dan Bailey's like, yeah, I can do it. And what happened? Well, and that's the thing. For like the first, what he's this is his third year with the Vikings. I mean, for the first two years, he was he was pretty good. I mean, not the not at the historic clip he was with Dallas, but he was still a very good upper end upper tier kicker. And it was just the, the last, what, half season? He's just kind of forgot how to kick. Yeah, It's too bad. Like, he's... We should have never got rid of Kai Forbath. You know what I'm saying? Cobra Kai. Kai Forbath was good for a couple games. Well, actually, it was, it was funny. For, for a while there, uh, the Vikings and Cowboys did a kicker swap. You guys had Dan Bailey, and we had Kai Forbath. Uh, and that did not go well. Kai Forbath was just not great. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a reason we have Greg Zerline right now. Is there... So do you think, like history or recent history in the NFL would say that Dan Bailey is cut if he's not already cut. He's like, not. Vikings have he's a, not cut. The, the Vikings did just hold a tryout for another kicker. No. Uh, yep. Uh, Taylor Bertolet? Bertolet? Right, Bert, I don't know how to pronounce that. No idea. Name. Sounds uh, good, yeah, though. He's been, um, Let's see. Uh, American football place kicker is a free agent, played college at Texas A&M, and holds a school record for most PATs in a single season. Um, oh, I like what that. a record. I, spent, I like yeah. that. Uh, this guy can kick a seven-yard field goal. the point after. We need a guy like that. 
<laughs> he spent time with the Rams, the Broncos, the Jets, the Salt Lake Stallions of the AAF, uh, the Broncos again, the Jets again, and then most recently uh, was with the Carolina Panthers up until, wow, oh my gosh. Uh, so he signed with the Panthers on October 24th of this year, released on November 2nd, re-signed to their practice squad on November 7th, released again on the 10th, re-signed on the 14th, released on the 16th, re-signed again on the 21st, and then released again on the 24th. What? But then re-signed four days later and then released again on December 1st. Dude, think about this poor man's taxes that he's going to have to do. (laughs) Good lord. (laughs) He was signed and subsequently released by the Carolina Panthers 10 times in the span of a month. What? (laughs) What is the purpose of that? My question is with the front office of like, what? Are yeah. you doing? Why are you why are you spending time on this? Just let the guy go or keep him on the team. You're not saving any money by doing this. There's got to yeah. be some some reason to do it because it's almost too perfect that it's like three or four or five days every time. There's like, they no, found no, no, a glitch this, this in the NFL's computers that if they keep re-signing and letting someone go, it'll actually bump their salary cap number down. Kind of like <laughs> if you just try to like redo a trade when you're like farming the system in a game. Um yeah, they're farming for salary cap here by yeah. letting this guy go. That's, that is so weird. Well, I don't know, but I like that's that's where I go back and forth on. Like, do you just cut him instantly? It's like, God, well, that sucks. Like, he can't have you know an off week, but and then it's been two weeks, and he didn't just have an off week. He had like a I don't even know monumental a week. collapse. Yeah, an explosion to put it yeah minorly. Yeah, it's know. like he forgot how to kick a football. It was tough to watch. Yeah. Just like that I, Lamar Jackson 50-yard run and then the touchdown. That just to happened. talk about something that's uh, also tough to watch that we haven't had an opportunity to talk about on this podcast yet. Um, oh. Having a two-goal lead. Oh, TJ. Oh, oh, blindsided me. Oh, I was not ready for that. I wasn't ready for it either because oh. I was watching this game. And I'm like, Minnesota United is playing really well. I forgot we were a Minnesota team for a second. And I was like, man, we might be going to the championship. We might finally, finally get through a conference championship game without a monumental collapse. But boy, howdy, was I wrong. <laughs> what was it? Two minutes? Two minutes took for two goals to be scored. And suddenly... The game was on its head, and I was crying on my couch. Yeah, there's when ugh, they ugh. in sports like that, like in, in soccer and in hockey, they always say like the old moniker is, you know, the worst lead to have in soccer or the worst lead in hockey is a two goal lead because the team scores one, they get momentum and then they score two. And it's like and you could totally feel this in the Minnesota United game when it was two to two. It was like, well, the only chance Minnesota has at winning this game is penalty kicks. Like, they need to get through the rest of regulation. They need to get through overtime, and then they just need to flip the coin in penalty kicks because Seattle was just, like, we were giving them everything. We looked so uncomfortable, and Seattle was taking everything. And granted, they missed a lot of good opportunities early in the game, and the referees were definitely calling things in favor of Minnesota United. And... To hit the post like Jordan, whatever, Morgan or Murphy or Mahoney or what I don't know what his last name is, but he just <laughs> ripped one into the post uh, like 
10 or 20 minutes earlier. So they, they had chances and then they finished three of them and it was, it was tough, but you could feel like it was the moment got way too big for Minnesota United. And, and there was no one to kind of calm things down and, and see us through. We just let it, you could see it slipping through our fingers. And that was the toughest piece to watch was just like watching the game and knowing, Oh gosh, here it comes. We are going to lose this game. That was the toughest part. Perhaps this is a very um, noob level question, I guess. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, how big of a loss was this? Because there are some teams we've seen over the years, regardless of sport, uh, who get incredibly close to the championship and fall flat on their faces. But they're able to pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and the very next year they're back in it. Or we see teams who get to this moment like the, for their their one time, their one moment at glory, they absolutely blow it, and then they just return to the cellar of whatever their league they're in. Looking at you, 49ers. The, 40, the 49ers, if you look. <laughs> the Rams. The, the, the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, they made four consecutive Super Bowls in the 90s after and then lost all four of them. And then we're just a broken team for two decades up until, you know, the last couple of years. So I, just in context, how big of a loss is this for Minnesota United? It's with, with the pieces that they have lost this offseason, they haven't lost any humongous pieces. And they they have been trending upwards for the last mostly the last two years. Um, but it honestly couldn't get worse than the first year. So um, <laughs> like the last and I think this was the their fourth year already in the in the MLS, but they've definitely been trending upwards. And they we signed a designated player, Emmanuel Reynoso, this year, and he like exploded onto the scene in the playoffs. That was the huge lift we got to win those two three nil games in a row. And he scored in our he scored the first goal in that semifinal game. So I like I hope to God it is just a oh we got close, but we'll. We'll be getting close next year too. I really hope it's that way, Noah. But I, I am always worried that it's going to be a well. Now we just need to blow everything up. Kind of like the Vikings are kind of like in between that, right? Like the Vikings not, have been in between that since approximately 1969. <laughs> well, just thinking about getting to like play, losing to the Eagles, whatever, three years ago, two years ago, I don't know, three years ago, and then they're they're not like. They're not like Jets level, but they're also not competing this year. So I feel like at worst, Minnesota United is where the Vikings are now. But I feel like they have a very good chance because they're retaining a lot of their pieces to continue forward and get back to a, like at least a top eight in the MLS. See, so. I feel like Minnesota United is exactly where the Vikings were the year after they lost yep. to the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> they just need Eagles, one more piece, Where right? they came back with all the same pieces, <laughs> and then they were like, we just need a quarterback. And then they finished 9-7. and seven. So I do not trust the Minnesota team to do anything when it comes to coming back when they were close because now this just signals another 20 years of middling mediocre performances it's kind of like punxatani phil when a minnesota team comes out in a championship game and loses it's another 10 years of mediocrity 
Yeah, uh, for the most up to date Minnesota sports news, the Timberwolves are also losing right now. Uh, in case you're keeping track in that preseason, did we, did we expect game. anything less? No, dude. The T the T Wolves are good. Okay, T Wolves. Anthony, are gonna Anthony, be... you're about to say the words. <laughs> the T Wolves are good. Okay, no, I no, want no, you to no, really no, no. stop Please. and think about that yeah. sentence before you put it yeah. on record. The T Wolves are going to be, be sneaky good this year. They're going to be absolutely good. not. You don't want to be one of those fans, Anthony. Now it's just getting sad. No, 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 no. The the T Wolves, <laughs> hear me out. The T Wolves are going to be sneaky good. Now I am not saying that that even automatically means playoffs because, to be honest, that's going to be difficult in the Western Conference. But I think that the T-Wolves are going to be better, considerably better than they were last year, which was bottom four in the league. So they, okay, they will so be significant. That's not hard to do. <laughs> no, but they also <laughs> acquired D'Angelo Russell towards the end of the year last year and had time for him to win some games, and they did not. So I, I think they're going to Eating be this burger I found on the ground is a lot better than getting my face punched in. <laughs> Hey. Yeah, technically, I guess. <laughs> we we just got done talking about all of the heartbreaking moments. You need to find relative optimism wherever no, you can, no. TJ. You see, I don't because I can't anymore, Anthony. I can't do it. I'm, I'm a broken, broken man. Minnesota sports has ruined my sense of optimism. I can't go into the season thinking that they'll be good because I will only be let down. I, will, I have to lower my expectations to below the floor and that way i am only happy if they meet or exceed what i expect and i am not disappointed when they do exactly what i expect them to my optimism comes in the first round of the playoffs when i think wow maybe they are actually good and then they get smoked every time you you really struck a nerve there, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's you know TJ. This is therapeutic for TJ. You, yeah. know, you just need to it's let it really bubble over. It's really cathartic because and, yeah, when you watch when you watch enough teams, like the thing with Minnesota sports. Maybe I've gone into this. Maybe I haven't. The thing with Minnesota sports that kind of I think separates them from other uh, terrible, no good, losing cities like Cleveland. Um, is that <laughs> where did that come from? Just go right into Cleveland. I just I whenever I think of cities that have a lot of sports pain, I immediately go to Cleveland because I think Cleveland is the one that like Minnesota's like, oh, we have it so bad. And everyone's like, but Cleveland. Um and in the in that case, fair, uh Cleveland is is bad at sports. But I think the thing that separates Minnesota and the city of Cleveland is that Cleveland is like when they're bad at sports, they're bad at sports. Yeah. Right. Like the Browns lose every game of the season when they are bad. Minnesota sports have consistently since their inception, except for the Timberwolves. I'm going to cut them out of this right now. They are always bad. They are always, always bad. Every other Minnesota team, since the inception of Minnesota sports has been good to great. And yet they never capitalize on it. Uh, other than you got to take the links out of there too. I'll take the links out of there. And we have twins that have a couple world series, but pretty much 
Okay, I guess not from inception. For the last 30 years, we have the Lynx really? who have won a lot. And I'm very proud of them. I'm very happy for them. And every time they win, I get very excited. If you think about it, TJ, the Vikings and really all of Minnesota sports or most of Minnesota sports haven't been consistently bad until you showed up. This is Maybe a, you're the curse, TJ. This is an important observation <laughs> that just happened right there. But see, <laughs> we can make the same just, argument for every person on this podcast since no, we're no, all no, 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 the same. No, no, no. Because my, the St. Louis Cardinals have won two World Series in my lifetime. No, no, no. I'm not, you, you're a curse on Minnesota. You don't have to be a Minnesota fan to be a curse on Minnesota. What if we find oh, out well, some take, guy in Southern California who's been a, a 49ers fan his whole life, he was actually the curse it, for Minnesota. I feel like you have to be a fan of the team in order for the curse to make sense. Because, like, if the Vikings never win... Curses don't make sense, again, Noah. Curses don't. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like if, if the Vikings never win another Super Bowl while I'm alive, I'm not going to lose much sleep over it. But if the Cowboys don't I'm win another Super Bowl... I'm going to make you lose sleep over it. I'm going to come to your house and bang symbols outside. I'm just saying, like... If it, an effective curse has to affect its fan base. That's why it's a curse. Otherwise, it's just everybody making fun of that one loser team, like the, the Lions. But here's um. the thing, is that it's not the loser team. Is that specifically they are a winning team. They're the winningest I'm, team I'm, of all th time to not win a championship. That, that's what I'm trying to say. The, the curse has to affect a fan base that cares about it. Otherwise, it is just a Lions situation because no one expects them to do anything. So it, it wouldn't make much sense if the curse was placed on me because I I, I I would like to see the Vikings win, but honestly, I'd like they are not my favorite, one of my favorite teams, but they're not my favorite team. I do not care about them as much as you do. See, now here's the thing. The curse is on the Minnesota Vikings and the Minnesota Twins, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Minnesota Wild, and the Minnesota United have been brought up into this curse. Yeah, I think so. It's a curse fair. on Minnesota fans. That doesn't necessarily yeah. mean a Minnesota fan has to be the one who brought about the curse. I'm just saying. You are the vehicle for the curse. The curse is on I'm Minnesota just, fans. The vehicle does not have to be a Minnesota fan. I'm just saying it's pretty coincidental that right around the time you showed up is right around the time. It's pretty of, coincidental uh, that the 300,000 people born. <laughs> On that day, I'm just saying, TJ. What yeah, if what if we consider did all possibilities? What if we ran an experiment and had you <laughs> take one for the team, and you were just like, you know what? Um, I really love everything from Arizona. That's those are my favorite teams. Like just to just to randomly throw a state out there, and then all of a sudden we just go. Boom, championship, boom, championship, boom, champion. Then we would know for sure. And if we you don't win know, every and all deep championship. Down inside, that, that, that experiment is unethical because if that <laughs> result happened, I would literally die. I was about to say, Anthony, that, that experiment went in a completely different different direction than I thought it was going to. And you said TJ should take one for the team. I thought you were suggesting we kill TJ. Oh, no, TJ. <laughs> come on. That, because I want you to be alive if and when, if and when, there is a Minnesota championship. In See, one but of for this experiment to actually sports. work, I would have to completely sever ties. I wouldn't be able to celebrate when that happens. And if that were the case... You wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it. 
I don't. Want, yeah. I will. I will be in pain for the Minnesota Vikings yeah. for the rest of my life. Do you think what? Let's let's throw some like what ifs out there. Like, what are the? Do you think? What do you think happens first? Like a Minnesota championship or something else. But I'm, I'm trying to think of like a good. I was gonna say, or you get married, but that's that you're. Down <laughs> yeah, first. we're not getting a Minnesota <laughs> championship before July. All right. Hey, you never know. If the Vikings turn it around, it is feasible. It is. It is possible. It's, it's not possible, not and you know mathematically. That. Yes, it, it is statistically possible. True. Highly unlikely, but there is a non-zero chance that the Vikings bring home a Super Bowl championship in time for yours and Lisa's. There's wedding. also a non-zero chance that I walk outside my apartment in the morning and find a million dollars in cash just <laughs> waiting on the ground with my name. It's true. On it. Hey, both of those scenarios are true. Probably about TJ, as likely. I think what you need to do is you need to ask your fiance that. If if the Vikings win the Super Bowl, how like not if but how many Viking knickknacks are allowed at the wedding? Is, is the <laughs> you know that you like, know that the entire plan is getting scrapped and it's Viking themed <laughs> from here on out. All right. Well, I, I know you already were. You guys were talking about maybe having purple as one of your your colors. Just have all the groomsmen wear like wedding ties and have all the bridesmaids wear Vikings dresses and everything. That would be. And, so hilarious and that would get you the twitter fame you're looking for just probably not in the right way and it would still be tasteful just have like purple and yellow flowers and uh yeah just just keep it tasteful but it's still like it's still vikings yeah still trashy at the same time you know tasteful but trashy yeah Yeah. exactly or if you want to go if you want to go full-on trashy just have you know like everyone in the wedding party wear actual viking attire you know, like all the, the the fur pelts and everybody going, you know, the, the oh, yeah. been going bare chested. Maybe I should just switch it over to be a legitimate Viking wedding. <laughs> yes. But oh you're all missing gosh. the very obvious conclusion we're supposed to make here, which is that Kirk Cousins is definitely being the singer in the wedding band. Yeah. Oh, after that one video oh. from high school or whatever, where he was in the show tunes, Kirk. Sort of, yeah. Oh. Gosh darn it, Kirk. Gosh darn it, Kirk. Kirk. Guys, I just Googled Viking wedding, and apparently a Viking wedding quote was an elaborate and meticulously planned event from the opening of financial negotiations to the ending bestowment of the morning gift from the groom to his bride on the day following the Viking wedding ceremony. That sounds pretty accurate to me. TJ, if this is going to happen, we need to start on this like right now. Little do you know I've been working on it for a while now. (laughs) Okay, okay. If, if that is true, I have been offering to be your wedding planner for a year now. <laughs> Not a year, but for a long time now. And if you've been doing this behind my back, I'm sorry. I I don't know what I'm going to do. That is the ultimate betrayal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But okay, actually, really but. quickly, really quickly, <laughs> before we before we wrap this episode. I, I, I did have an actual topic, too. So, Anthony, Anthony oh yeah, I, I just want to talk. Another topic. We're 15 minutes in. <laughs> I, mine I just, will be quick. Mine's more. Mine of, too. It's it's not really a topic to discuss. It's more of just statements again about how I was correct, I am correct, and will continue to be correct. I know about, where this is going, and I already did. <laughs> and and just justified because two weeks ago, people are talking about possible history books. People are talking about, oh, maybe this would be the team since Don Shula's. Miami Dolphins to go all the way and not lose a game. Oh, maybe this would be like the Patriots team 
from 2000, whenever that was, that win all of their regular season games. And yes, did the Steelers lose to a very questionable football team whose name is football team? Like, yes, they did. (laughs) But then in the rebounding week, did Josh Allen stomp (laughs) on the throats of the guaranteed first place position of the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think absolutely he did. And I think not only was it a huge win for the Buffalo Bills, but huger for Josh Allen because it was a it was a decisive win. It was two possession win, and they got the job done. And they beat a team who was a one loss team. And and now the Bills, looking great in their red uniforms, by the way, looking so yep. good, are just nice and, nice and chic. I could not be higher on the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen than I am at this specific moment. And they play the Broncos next. Oh, that might be a 50-point deficit. They play the Patriots after that, the fledgling Patriots, and then the Dolphins, which will probably be the toughest of the last three, which is surprising to say. But could not be higher on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills than I am at this present moment. TJ, we were talking about this before. No, 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 I'm just saying, TJ, we were talking about this before. I need to say what I'm about to say. Anthony Mahatty, as a Vikings fan, you know for a fact that the only fan base in sports in the NFL that has gone through more pain when it comes to good teams is the Buffalo Bills. How you do not, for your own safety, do not get high on this team. Do not do it. You will find yourself at the floor. You will be on the floor four consecutive Super Bowls from now. Don't well, do actually, it for I your like, own safety. I like Anthony's strategy here of just picking all of the bad teams to root for because eventually when they all get good, one of them has to win. The Bills so were good. The Bills were good. And then they weren't in the one game. You think that it was a heartbreaking just, loss like to he, watch Blair Walsh miss a field goal in a playoff game? Imagine that in four consecutive Super Bowls, bud. I'm, I'm just saying... He's not. He doesn't have all of his eggs in the Buffalo Bills basket. He's got some in the Bills, some for the Browns, some for the Vikings. I mean, so really, he's just kind of diversifying his portfolio. And whoever exactly. wins, as long as it's not the Steelers or Washington or the Raiders or any of the other 17 teams I hate, will be good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like, uh, I, I'm just increasing my odds, right? And, you know, in a exactly. couple of years, I'm going to be happy because my team will win the Super Bowl because every team is my team. You know what I mean? And and who knows, maybe in a year or two, maybe the Jets will find their way onto my bandwagon. <laughs> like it's not it's not me bandwagoning on the Jets. It'll be the Jets bandwagoning on me and on the this terrible is, teams that I have brought to success. This is really Anthony's ploy to become the official spokesperson for the New York Jets. Well, why would you point, want that job? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it pays pretty well. And you're the spokesperson for a professional football team. Although I don't know if you can call the Jets a professional. That's true. Or you're football a football team. team. Yeah. A, yeah. Maybe, a maybe not even a football team. team. Yeah. I just a team which a, a group of unorganized individuals that claims to play a sport. That's that's probably the the best we can do for them. I just yeah. TJ like I, I'm joking, but I'm like not joking at the same time. You know, because like I Noah and I were talking earlier about. Um, how how Josh Allen has now solidified himself as as uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He might actually be the first Hall of Famer to be inducted while still playing. 
Well, I, I, that's what I was going to say, TJ, when, b- before you made your comment was we were talking about that before the show. And I'm not as entirely sold on that just yet. He needs to play at least another good week, maybe two. But then, yeah, he's for sure a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think and I, just I, have, I, mean, I have been convinced. I have been convinced. I have watched his play. He, I want to say right now, I want to say right now that at the beginning of the season, I was correct because Josh Allen in his first couple of years in the NFL was very bad. He's very bad, and he has improved greatly, and I'm very proud of him. Well done, Josh. You're a good quarterback now. This is only leading upstate New York. Is Buffalo upstate? I think Buffalo is technically upstate. The other side of New York that is not New York City is leading all of them, all of them, to pain and heartbreak. Because that's all they will ever know as Buffalo Bills fans. I know this as a Vikings fan that that's all I'll ever experience. And the Buffalo Bills, like I've said, are the only team that experiences it in a more vibrant and painful way. Because they get their doses consecutively. The Vikings space out the gut punches. The Bills give them all, all in a row. So be careful, Buffalo. Be well, careful. At least, it gets, at least it's over once it's over, right? Like it's this, never over. The, the marathon that is the the Minnesota torment is is really exhausting at this point. I would I would prefer if it was just in a row and get it done and then be mediocre. But like this constant get so close and then lose is just really taking a taking a toll on me. <laughs> okay, uh, so I di- I did have. One topic that I wanted to talk about, but realized that it'll probably take a lot longer than I thought. So I'm going to flip topics uh, that also kind of segues into the end of the show. I feel like our boy, our man, our dude, CJ Ham, deserves a hashtag. And as you guys were talking there right at the end, I was trying to come up with with one right at the end. Uh, and the only thing that I could come up with, and it's not going to stick, and I already feel stupid and I haven't even said it yet, uh, <laughs> is... <laughs> CJ for WeJ, as we are the we, and he, yeah, never mind. Forget, forget I said that. We're, we'll that just, we'll find something. might have been the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was not one of your best. But again, like that relative optimism, that, that's not yeah, the I'm worst s- possible thing you could have said. So, <laughs> no, you know? I think it very possibly was. <laughs> I think that the um, CJ Ham hashtag suggest, should just be hashtag Pro Bowl vote and his Twitter handle. Let's get that boy to the Pro Bowl. Well, is it like, so anybody talking about CJ Ham should do that, but we're, we're not tweeting these hashtags, so... It's true. I feel like it should be a more customized, more personalized I've also one for been for informed our by a recent addition to our listener base in the form of my fiance. Uh, <laughs> that oh, Lisa's listening now. Hi, Lisa. Yes. That we uh, we we've never <laughs> since the first episode of this show we have not explained uh, what the hashtags are at the end of the episode. So we just kind of I, dive in. Yeah, I I didn't think there was. An explanation is for the there? hashtags. Yeah, there was just a, I thought, like a, a, a mark of 
admiration for certain individuals uh, or stupid stuff (laughs) we said throughout the podcast. However, new listeners new to the show, when they hear hashtag plug me in, maybe (laughs) their first thought isn't going to think that we just really like the Chargers. (laughs) How? How could they not think that? Do we we need to spend a show like dissecting where all of our hashtags came from? I think that there's going to be some personally. There's going to be some where I just do not remember how we came up with (laughs) Kiss Carter. Like (laughs) that would be. I forgot about Kiss Carter. I forget about these. I forget. Like I just kind of want to dive in just to reminisce and remember some of the good ones because we fire them off so fast. Do you want to do that real quick or should yeah. we save it for another episode? Well, right, so th- we'll go we'll go through. Hashtag Romo2020. That obviously. one should be obvious. That one's yeah. obvious. We uh, love uh, you, Tony love Romo. Some, yeah. Love me some Tony Romo. Hashtag Go Browns. Another obvious one. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Hashtag Teddy got signed. We, was, we uh, were rooting for uh, Teddy to get signed, and he got signed, and now he's doing pretty okay, and we're proud of him. Yeah. Yes. That's a happy moment. Yeah, quite possibly my personal favorite. Hashtag spoof for boof. Ah, <laughs> oh, good stuff. If yeah. if what? boof boof are, if you're out there listening, and again we know you are, um, you're welcome on the show anytime. Yeah. We love you, boof. We love you, boof. Um, hashtag Kevin. Ah, uh, Kevin, Kevin Garnett. Garnett. We yeah. love him. Also yeah. welcome on Hasht- the show. For sure. Hashtag jolt the bolts. That's our that's yeah. our that's our official Chargers. We have like hashtag yeah. Jolt the Boat. Jolt the Boat. My goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say it? So close. Hashtag Jolt the Bolts. TM. That's our official Chargers hashtag. That's the one yeah. that if someone asks us, "Hey, do you have a hashtag for the Chargers?" Yeah, it's hashtag Jolt the Bolts. Hashtag Cobb Bostis. Oh, That's yeah. just that Bob Costas. Episode. That's just an appreciation for Bob Costas, who is also <laughs> welcome on the show. I'm just going to yeah, pitch him off, see if we can get someone to bite. <laughs> you can also and, squat like a thousand pounds or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. That, that. That came from our discussion about the Olympics and how <laughs> Olympic so weightlifter Bob Costas. <laughs> yeah. Or how it'd just be so much fun if the commentators commentated with the athletes, like if they're doing the triathlon or marathon, you right. have the, the commentators strapped to the backs <laughs> of the participants. Oh, man. Uh, hashtag kiss Carter. Uh, I don't remember that one. Those are two Spoonerism consecutive spoonerisms. Yeah, we were talking about um, Vikings wide receivers, and I, I spoonerized, uh, which is you know flipping the syllables of the first and last word, uh, spoonerized one of the Vikings wide receivers. I forget what it was. Um, and Anthony, you made the comment. It's like, oh, yeah, there's no way you could do that for Chris Carter. And I said, oh, yeah, of course. It's kiss Carter. Uh, and that one stuck. <laughs> Um, hashtag plug me in that is our unofficial official chargers hashtag (laughs) (laughs) hashtag heck off stan because stan Kroenke can go heck off heck off (laughs) hashtag wtf wft that's the shortened version of our much longer hashtag please give us the washington football team (laughs) yeah hashtag bill the puma that is should st- be okay. Okay, on this, I have something to add to this. Actually, Bill the Puma could also be the Cleveland mascot now. Yeah, since, we we uh, have two. Oh, we yeah, have yeah, two yeah. sports teams. Oh. Bill the Puma yeah. is open. You can have him. All right, everyone, take Bill the Puma. Make yeah. him the Cleveland Bills. 
no, 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 no. The <laughs> Cleveland might be bill. some branding issues there. <laughs> but Cle- you know, remember, it has to be singular. It is yeah. one individual. Right. It is this very specific Puma bill. So it is the Cleveland bill. Cleveland bill. There you go. <laughs> uh, hashtag it wing. And I think that is the only one I do not remember where. I also do not remember where that one came from. It wing. (laughs) It wing. One. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that one. I don't. I don't know, man. This that's as Uh, mysterious as this podcast is. Yeah, I'm coming back up to Minnesota next week. Uh, On the drive up, I'll just be binging uh, old episodes of Q4. I'll see if I can find that one. Find the Um, it wing episode. Hashtag kachow. Oh, That's because this podcast is actually just a fan cast of <laughs> theories about the movie Cars. <laughs> Tune in next week when we uh, decide whether Max or Paterbilts are better characters. <laughs> Hashtag hire Jacob Schneider. Which you should do That's a good still. good one still. Yeah. 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 Jacob Schneider is a dear friend of the show. Great sports writer. Uh, graduating. Uh, looking for work. So if you are a sports person, sports media manager. Which we know everyone listening then, to this show is. Yeah. Uh, and then our last one is the still undecided CJ Ham hashtag. Is it so? Uh, is it un- too, is sorry, it too like classic ham to, to do a hammer of some sort? Like the hammer. I was actually, I was, I really thought you were I going was, a different direction with that and you were going to be like hashtag ham sandwich or something. Ham sandwich. <laughs> okay, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep that one open. We'll keep thinking about it until then. We'll, I guess we'll just roll with CJ for WeJ. <laughs> we will not roll with that one. <laughs> I feel However, like it's always better if it's WeJ for CJ. <laughs> we will, we will roll oh, with oh, getting oh, CJ if, ham to the so pole. The, there, there are there are three of us. What if it's we three for CJ? I'm going to end this show before Noah gets more <laughs> ideas. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Offside SN. Uh, find us on Facebook. Oh, we're there as the Offside Sports Network. Find us online on our website uh, www. Sorry, <clears throat> HTTPS colon <laughs> slash slash www. Uh, offside sports ota.com uh you can hashtag romo 2020 hashtag go browns hashtag that got signed hashtag spoof boof hashtag kevin hashtag jolt the bolts hashtag cob bosses hashtag kiss carter hashtag plug me in hashtag heck off stand hashtag wtfwft hashtag build the puma hashtag it wing hashtag a chow hashtag hire jack snyder hashtag we three for cj from all of us here at the q4 podcast thank you for listening and putting up with us We'll see you at an undetermined amount of time next time I enter my closet to record. Uh, (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) 